you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Thursday, June 1st, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest. He is the pride of the Mustangs, the Creek View High School Mustangs in Carrollton, Texas. He's the pride of the Boilermakers, the Purdue Boilermakers in West Lafayette, Indiana. He's the pride of the Cowboys, the Buccaneers, and the Bills. A fifth-round draft pick, a defensive end. He's an author, an advocate, and an ally. He's Ryan Camry Russell, better known as R.K. Russell. Welcome to the pod, R.K. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love the energy. (laughs) You inspire that energy from me. Expect a lot more to come. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy, and I am so honored to be joined today by R.K. Russell, whose life is an extraordinary story, one that is still being written, of course, but one that serves as a reminder to every single one of us that no one person is ever just one thing. Because R.K. Russell is a black man in America. He is a poet and a warrior. And his new book, The Yards Between Us, is a memoir of his journey as a bisexual man in a world designed to reject anything but ancient archetypes and alpha male paradigms. R.K., thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You know what? In a very real way, I have just committed the very sin that has made your journey and the journey of others like you more difficult than it ever needed to be because I have described what you are as if somehow I have any clue, as if a wiki page or an NFL profile page or a publicity blast is enough. So forgive me for that. Let's write that wrong right now. RK, you are the story. You write the story. Finish the sentence. I am... 
multi-talented, multifaceted. <laughs> what else? What else are you? If we meet on the elevator and you ask me, you're a, you're a polite person, and you say, hey, well, you know, uh, what's, what's your story? And I give you my story. And then it's your turn. And I say, okay, well, come on. What's your story? You're a tall, handsome man. What are you up to? What, what, what's your story? You are what? Oh, my gosh. My story in an elevator? I yes. only got how much time? Yeah, I you got, got the 30-second <laughs> elevator pitch, right? Isn't that, the old, isn't, that, isn't that the old construct, right? You've got 30 seconds to tell me your life story. But what I'm seeking here is you are a person who, based on your story, based on your profile, based on your, uh, the fact that we know you as a public figure, you are used to people like me introducing you, saying, telling others what you are and who you are. Well, shut us up and tell me in 30 seconds yourself. Don't let me do it. Do it for yourself. What are you? Who are you? Oh, my gosh. I think, I think you hit a lot of things. I think right now I am definitely a writer, a former NFL player, an advocate. Um, but like I also said, I'm, I'm multi-hyphen, I'm multi-talented, a producer, um, a, a activist. Um, but outside of that, in, in the human realm, I'm just a human being like everyone else. I identify as bisexual. Um, I am black. Uh, I am all these things. But in, in reality, I am, as you know me now, I'm a person. I'm a human just looking to connect with other people and other humans on a respectful basis, on an equal basis. And uh, everywhere I want to feel welcomed, everywhere I should feel welcome and belong. Yeah. You are so welcome here, uh, RK. You are a human being who grew up in Texas. You played for the Cowboys, attended a university in Indiana, played for the Bucks in Florida. And no disrespect to those three states at all, but I think even Texans, Hoosiers, and Floridians would agree. Those are not the first three states that you would pick as soft landing spots for a bisexual black man. How did place shape your relationship with self? I mean, most of the places that you stated are in conflict, in conflict against um, different races, in conflict against different identities, both sexual and gender. Um, it, it's kind of a place where you see value in a person um, beyond just their morals and, and, and their character, um, which informs how you see yourself. You know, being in Texas was the first time that I actually realized race as a construct that would make me seem lesser um, in other people's eyes. And then the flip side of that, it also brought me football, which made me, when you're good at football, especially being in Dallas, Texas, you are then larger than life. You know, so it's kind of this this weird subverse of, of people viewing you as subhuman and then you putting on this helmet and this jersey and it's literally like a cape. You transform them into this figure. Um, but both of those have similar issues in which they're dehumanizing. Um, people see black people as, as, like I said, this subculture, this subhuman this lesser than form, that's where racism comes, both systemic and inherent in people. Um, and football's kind of the same. They see you as this larger in life character that shouldn't bleed, shouldn't cry, shouldn't have these emotions, um, shouldn't shouldn't feel so connected to the issues that really all of us face. Um, and neither of them creates empathy, which I think is the huge thing that all humans need and that we all can work on. It's just having more empathy for each other. Subhuman on one side of your life superhuman in the other let's meet in the middle let's meet just at human yeah. i have heard you use the word shame in interviews where does that come from is it from personal secrecy or is shame a construct that others have built around you i think it's both i think anytime you hold something in secret um and and i i want to take this moment i'll say like secret and private are different like you can have a private life you can be a private person you cannot want to share parts of that life with 
the mass media or the general public, that's perfectly fine. Secret is something that you hold so close to your chest. And for me, it was shrouded in shame because why else would you not tell people um, about this part of you, about this beautiful part of you? Um, it's it's because the shame, not only that maybe you hold around it, but that society has then reflected to you. Um, shame isn't really inherent. It's something that's taught. It's something when you share something with someone, you when you get a negative feedback or you get um, punishment or violence or, or any of these very harsh things, it, it questions how you feel about something, how something inherently you wanted to share, now you hold so close to yourself. So shame, I believe, is a mirror. It's a mirror of what society has taught us, and you kind of ingrain it in yourself and then hold on to it. Does resentment play a role in your life? Do you carry a ferocity with you about the very need to be an advocate and an activist? I think there's times where resentment can boil up, where I see something like, the George Floyd incident, or you see something in the world or sport being used to be divisive or being used to, to say that people can't join and you can't be a part of this. I think those times I can feel it and it can come up, but it's not the state that I live in. It's not a state that I work from. It's not a state where my advocacy comes from because the work that I do, the advocacy that I hold close to myself, regardless of, like I said, race or identity, it's really about equality. It's really about making, um, inviting a diverse spaces for all of us. And that can't come from a place of anger or resentment because that is against the very thing that I want. I don't want a tit for tat. I want something that feels welcoming for everyone, something that feels inviting for everyone. And that has to come from a place of nothing but, like I said, empathy um, and love and respect. I assume there were probably multiple moments in your life that you hoped would be received by love and empathy and deep feeling. You have coming out stories, not just one moment. Yes, the article for ESPN was significant. I should think it was seismic for you. But there is a story about your best friend, Joe, a scene that will ring as familiar to so many of us, a couple of young men playing Madden, chopping it up about whatever the hell friends talk about, probably talking a little shit about the game you were playing. And then the conversation gets serious. What did you ask him? I basically soft, I, I like to call it like a soft launch into sexuality and identity. Um, but it was saying if he had a teammate who identified as gay or bisexual or LGBTQ+, which I didn't have half those those words at that time, does that change anything for him as a teammate? Because that's the fear in the lens of which I viewed everything. A lot of, if not most of my, if not all of my best friends uh, were football players. So it was very important to me. I also know how much football informs us, how we all grew up in it the culture that we all kind of embody. So it was important to know as a teammate, would that change anything for him? And what did he say? Uh, he said, not at all. He said, if, it, if it's somebody who works hard and somebody who's a good teammate, a good person, um, then that's all that matters. You asked um, a follow-up question, didn't you? Yes. I asked, well, what if that was the, his best friend? Um, kind of taking it outside of that locker room and that, that really, um, you know, what if scenario and making it a little more real. And uh, he just reiterated the same thing to me, which to me was at that moment life-saving. I was touched by your story of a simple act of announcing your truth to your mom. RK, if you would please share for our listeners who have not heard you tell this story, what was her initial three-word response? When I first came out to my mom over the phone, this was also before the ESPN piece and article was going to go up literally the day before. Um, she said something to me that I honestly had said to myself pretty much my whole life, or, or at least when I realized that my sexuality and my job were potentially at conflict. 
and that was what about football which looking back at it now like i said it's a mirror of me but at that time it felt like she was doing what everyone else had kind of done at that moment what i had done what society had done which was value a sport um over a person um over myself and my own experience in this moment that i was sharing with her in a very vulnerable state um seemed reduced to kind of like a cause and effect of football which hurt me at that time i should think it would have but i also should think that in some ways and again it's your story so you know how dare i quibble with semantics but i don't know that she was choosing the sport over you but i but i have a feeling it all comes back to the word identity that her identifying you as a football player seeing her little baby her boy as a football player worrying about your connection to that livelihood to that future to that right to that identity yeah. was her reflexive instinct and i should think it probably was for a lot of people of course and she's my mom like she was trying to protect me at the of end of course, the day right she knows this was something that i valued um you know, a big part of our life, not just of like who I am, but right. the life that we have, like I said, the friendships that I have, the mentors that I have. Um, and also like it had taken me 20 plus years to come with the realization and the understanding and the comfortability with my sexuality and my multiple identities. You know, she had five minutes in a phone call to kind yeah. of make right. her own assumptions and uncomfortability and ask her own questions. That was one of the questions that she had. And that's, that's normal. That's normal for her to have those questions and for her to wonder about my life now that I'm, I'm like sharing this part of myself with her. I have seen just a little bit, just a snapshot of your life. And of course, it's through the lens of television. I've seen you on a couple of different shows. Your mom is always right there with you. She remains your ride or die. Oh, yeah. She's my best friend. We talk every day, um, minimum of an hour. <laughs> and that that's on the shorter days. And yeah, I mean, we, we have a great relationship. There was no doubt in my mind that we would be good. Uh, it was just probably very shocking for her. Also, as a mother who wants to protect the son, who already is um, a target of racism here in America, to also then become a target of something else, to have this other um, bigotry out there um, against my joy and my happiness and just my being. I know that she was scared. She was scared for me. Okay, so her question was, what about football? Let's, let's ask the same question now. What about football? Um, are NFL locker rooms and NFL rosters unwilling to accept gay and bisexual players, or are they merely unfamiliar? I think it's definitely more unfamiliar. I also think that there's such emphasis put on professional sports, you know, because it is, it is the big platform and it is, um, I mean, it's the NFL. It's, it is larger than life inherently. But there's so much that, like, goes into it before you get to an NFL locker room. There's so much that's been taught in the guise of sport or under the guise of sport as a young person um, that to even get to the NFL is, is such a slim chance. But how many LGBTQ plus athletes are we losing along the way? How many people were told in middle school that, that, that football wasn't for queer athletes in high school, in college? You know what I mean? Like, the dream, of course, would be to have – a bunch of professional players come out and feel comfortable enough to do so. But I think that the true change will come in when we have out athletes that stick in sports, that feel supported in sports throughout their amateur careers, and then go into the league already being out athletes. And I think the NFL is willing to accept. I think locker rooms, especially as generations roll in, um, which are the most diverse and the most, I think, uh, multi-educated um, 
I, I definitely think there's a willingness. It's just a lack of opportunity. And I think that starts with youth sports. We have to create those opportunities for young LGBTQ plus athletes. As a player in the league, did it make you feel more alone to know that you couldn't have been alone, but that no one else was saying anything either? I think I understood, you know, because I was doing it. Like it, it was, it was, I couldn't sit here and say that I felt slighted or I felt more isolated because I knew that we were out there. I honestly felt validated in my decision. Uh, being the first uh, bisexual active player to come out was never on my radar. And I don't think it was on anyone else's either. So I was like, this is what we do as athletes. Um, it's another sacrifice we make, like going to sleep at a certain time, like not eating junk food, like working out and, and studying extra film. I, I was validated that this was just a decision. Um, that we were all making, regardless of how many of us were actually making those decisions or not. RK, do you ever play the what if game? Do you regret not coming out sooner? Oh God, no. <laughs> I, I truly believe that as people that we do the best that we can at the times that we can. Uh, I love my life now. I can't really see it going any other way. Um, and you know, I, I think that coming out is such a personal journey. It's so layered and there's so many different um, causes and effects and circumstances that we all have to understand. Um, I write about in my book, The Arts Between Us, I rather chase joy the conspiracy. And that is also a conspiracy of self of a, did I do this at the right time? Did I do, could it have been better? Could it have been worse? What did I do? Like all of it's in the past. I can't change it. I can only write it, share my stories and move forward um, with my future. Did I hear you right? I'd rather chase joy than conspiracy yeah i want yes, that sir. tattoo that is absolutely fantastic <laughs> i so appreciate you sharing that you really are a very good writer based on what i have seen and i cannot wait to read the entire book from start to finish but you have a gift my friend you have lots of gifts as i said at the beginning you are you are proof and a reminder a gentle and wonderful and and gentle and forceful all at the same time reminder that no one person is ever just one thing i really do think that you're right i think there's hope in these generations that you alluded to a moment ago um these younger generations are kinder they are gentler they are more aware of different other people uh and i think man there is hope in that are you hopeful do you have to be, or do you allow yourself moments of doubt and weakness too? No, I think we all have moments of doubt. I think that the doubt for me keeps me accountable. It makes, it reminds me that there is still work to be done, that though I live and operate mostly in a place of optimism, there are people facing real struggle, um, that there are people that are really um, under attack. There are people whose lives are not, um, you know, these glamorous, <laughs> hopeful tales. You know, there are people who are really struggling and that's why we are fighting. That's why we are having conversations, sharing stories um, and trying to make a change. But I do mostly operate from hope, not because I am ignorant to um, the real challenges of the world, because I, but because I am knowing of the triumphs and the joys and the wins that we have had and the progress that we have made, um, you know, to be, to live in this negative state for me, um, is to discredit the work of all those who have come before me, um, athlete and non-athlete, LGBTQ plus person and non-LGBTQ plus person, um, person of color or non-person of color. We've all made so many sacrifices. We've all had to stand on the shoulders of so many people who have made the world what it is today for the better. And I acknowledge those people, I see those people, and I also want to be a part of that group and that change. 
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. And I am so honored to be joined today by R.K. Russell, whose life is an extraordinary story. R.K., you mentioned something a moment ago that I want to follow up on. You said that the messaging for young people in the sport of football specifically, but I'm sure that this extends to, you know, sports at large, begins very early. Is it explicit? Is it subtle? Is it the insidious, unspoken, but assumed messaging? How does it present itself to a young person growing up in the game of football while trying to grow up as a young man himself? Yeah, I, def- I think it's subtle. I think it is so ingrained in um, sports, and especially in male sport, that a lot of times we don't see it and we don't call it out. Um, you know, when, when a system is set up in place, whether the system be a political and educational or something like sport, uh, it takes conscious effort to rework it, to be intentional in the messages that you're giving. I just don't think sport at a young age um, has really had that intention when it comes to things like masculinity, like identity, um, like different types of people playing a sport and that being okay. 
so I don't I don't think it's this insidious thing. I think we are far or mostly beyond uh, like the yelling coach um, saying you throw like a girl and, you know, making kids cry and all that. I think we are far beyond that. But I think it's about now being intentional and inviting people into a locker room and showing that, hey, this is a place where it does not matter um, who you are outside of this locker room as long as you come in with respect, love, and want to work hard <laughs> and want to, you know, want to win games. He's going to be sacked for the second time of the game. Dropped back at the 39-yard line by Ryan Russell. What do you love about football, RK? I would say the first thing that comes to mind is the community. I grew up, at, as you know, and, and as the book says, I grew up mostly with just me and my mom. Uh, I lost a stepfather at a very young age. You were seven, so correct? I, yeah, I was seven. So I think without even knowing it, I was looking for that brotherhood, um, which I found. I was looking for those male role models and mentors, uh, which I found in coaches. Uh, I was looking to belong to something bigger than myself, uh, which is what I found. So it, it was the community, you know, being celebrated just for being you or being celebrated for achieving something that you've worked so hard at. He'll go down again. He is sacked. Ryan Russell, a new buck wearing number 96. And he sacks Russell Wilson back at the 50-yard line. And also being picked up when you fail, you know, being encouraged when you you have shortcomings, um, being told that you can be better than who you are, but who you are right now is good enough to be a part of this. Uh, that was the beauty of it to me. And that, I think, is the truth's power of sport beyond even playing. You can walk into a, any sports bar with the jersey on and see someone with the same jersey. And once your team scores, you know, you're fist bumping, you're high-fiving, you feel the community there. And I, I think that's the beauty of it. I find it very interesting what you've just said because in some ways the community that you sought presented your biggest challenge and yet also presented your biggest source of comfort. Isn't that a fascinating kind of clash of realities? Of course. We need to, I mean, that's why I'm saying it's right there. Sport is literally built for for inclusion um it's just about kind of rewriting these unwritten rules or these these old philosophies and like i said and being intentional about it right. just because you aren't spewing hate or you aren't being intentional about it doesn't mean you're you're nurturing inclusivity it doesn't mean you're inviting people just because i leave my door open in my house doesn't mean i'm inviting people to come in damn right it takes an action <laughs> <laughs> yes sir that's exactly right um Okay, so you love the community most about football. I, I love that answer, and I really appreciate you sharing that. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney Collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy, and I am so honored to be joined today by R.K. Russell, whose life is an extraordinary story. It's hard to love NFL training camp, but R.K. Russell, if a team called you tomorrow, are you ready? Are you willing? Yes. I mean, I think I'm at the point now where I have a lot going on, but football will always be my first love like it, it's it's what put the light and the sparkle in my eye first when I was young um so if the situation is right for me if the team actually values me as a player uh then I would definitely take the call I would love that I'm not gonna let Corey know that you said that that uh, football is your first love I cannot let you go RK Russell without hitting you on a couple of questions about your NFL teams are you ready yeah, let's go. The Dallas Cowboys in 2023, real hope or all hype? Oh, my gosh. Real hope. I mean, I know we say it every year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Let's let's just agree on that right now. Okay, I'm a Washington kid. All right? I grew up a, a Redskins fan. Now it's Commanders. I'm so glad for the name change. But my yeah, womb to the same. tomb devotion is there. And, yes, all of us in the NFL, the other 31, we might as well call ourselves, the other 31, because all we ever talk about, your Cowboys. But you're saying it's not all hype. It's real hope this year. It's real hope. Michael Parsons. I mean, that name alone. I love that you name-checked a fellow defensive player because there you go, right? Oh, it's, it's in your blood. Okay, how about the Bucks? Is it just possible, R.K. Russell, that it's going to get worse before it gets better? Doesn't it all? This is another doesn't it always. It always gets worse before it gets better. You know, what, for the, for the Bucks specifically or just for all of us? Well, yeah. uh, for most of us. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take me on but, that ride. I'm talking about the Bucks. Yes. The oh, Bucks, by the way, by the way, I think it will get worse for my commanders before it gets better. Um, but you're saying that, yes, it's potentially, quite possibly, you say it ruefully, this is not your hope, but yeah. yes, that it may get worse for the Bucks before it gets better. And, and we don't know how long it's going to be worse. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it's going to be a whole season of worse. You, oh, you okay. Know. 
Oh, I like this. A little bit of context that there may be hope before the end of the season. Who knows? Before the middle of the season. And finally, let's talk belief. The Buffalo Bills. Do you believe that a long-sought Super Bowl championship is in the Bills' near future? Is the Super Bowl window open? Is it closing or has it closed? It's closing. I will will say it's closing. I definitely think there's still time. Uh, I think there's enough talent. I think Josh Allen is an incredible talent as well. Uh, I think the fans feel it, which is an energy that they haven't had for a long time. Uh, but I do see the window closing. Uh, you know, guys are going to want money. Teams are players are going to get older. Players are going to shuffle around. Patrick Mahomes also is not going anywhere, so we, you got to beat him consistently. Uh, so I, I think the window is is it's open, but it's it's closing. Uh, point of clarification, listener. R.K. Russell just said that the Bills fans feel it. Uh, he is not talking about the Bills fans who are launching themselves from the top of RVs in the parking lot onto card tables. I'm quite certain they feel nothing. R.K. Russell, we are so <laughs> proud to have welcomed you into our podcast family. Please know that our door is always open to you, as are our minds and our hearts. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. R.K. Russell's extraordinary book, The Yards Between Us, a memoir of life, love, and football is available now. I want to thank today's special guest, R.K. Russell, and I want to invite the listener to join us next time when we throw back open the doors to T.A. Summer School. The only summer school you won't mind attending. Till then, take care of you, take care of your crew, and ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital. Rated R.